Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Dr. Jeremy Weiss here, host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done, Michael Gerber of The E-Myth, and many, many more. Check out more great episodes. Before I get to today's guest, Mike Fiorenza of Pundrin Painting, this episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. And Mike, you may be able to relate to this. I don't know. If you've had team members out there that ask you the same questions over and over, and it may be the 10th time you spend explaining it, there is a better way. There is a solution. Sweet Process is actually a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. And I was talking to Owen, who runs the company. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life or death situations to run their operations. So you can use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team. You could sign up for a free 14-day trial. No credit card is required. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. I'm excited to have Mike Fiorenza. He's COO of Bundren Painting. If you don't know Bundren Painting, you know, I was reading up on it, Mike. LD Bundren Painting was formed by Larry Bundren in 1984 to provide quality finishes to the commercial painting industry. And they've worked on projects such as Reliance Stadium, home to the Houston Texans, NASA, high-rise condominiums, churches, cancer treatment facilities, and many, many more. So Mike, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So talk a little bit more. We're going to dig deep into meetings, okay? I've read the book, Death by Meetings. Cameron Harold has a great book about meetings. I know you know Cameron Harold. Um, I want to hear your take about meetings because I'm always looking at, you know, I think efficient and productive meetings are, are forced to be reckoned with in a business. But before we get into that, talk about Bungeon Painting a little bit and what you do. So we're a commercial painting company. Uh, as you said, been around since 84, based out of Houston. Uh, we like the big projects, the odd projects, the ones that specialty access, the ones that are that are tricky to get in. And those are the projects we love to do. Uh, bread and butter is, is commercial painting, everything from offices to hospitals and such like that. Um, we do some government work as well. So uh, we're, we're pretty much a full service uh, commercial painting company. Um, what consider, what's considered, what sticks out to you as like an odd project? Uh, is like a stadium considered an odd project or what's? Stadium's a big project. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we actually just, we finished up a project out in El Paso, Fort Bliss uh, Hospital out there. That was a five-year project. It was a big, big project. Um, but we had a good, odd project to talk about, uh, Art Blocks in, in Houston. Uh, when Houston had the Super Bowl and Final Four, Houston commissioned a whole bunch of intersections and art installations throughout the city. So we did the Art Blocks installation on Main and McKinney, and basically put down a vehicular rated coating on the ground and the sidewalks for the art installation. And then there was other installations around it. Entirely odd to be painting downtown intersections in fluorescent orange and purple and lime green. But uh, it was an, a really off the wall project that was a, a lot of fun to do. 
That seems interesting. What kind of crew does it take? You know, when I picture when I don't know, people picture painting, like you really need some people who know what they're doing to put in some of that stuff in place, right? Correct. Yes. You 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 have to have people that know how to apply the material. You have to have people that understand the environment they're working in. I mean, if you if if you've ever seen a picture of that, or you Google a picture of that, you'll see train tracks running through. So we had metro running through with high voltage above us. You had water features there. You have four major buildings on the corners there. You working in traffic. So I, I, you've got, you know, at overnight, overnight too. So the, the fun part about that project was actually, they came, when we, when we started talking about it and negotiating it, uh, they said, yeah, we want to do this. And then we want to put it in before Final Four, leave it there through Final Four, through the Super Bowl, and then remove it. And we went, hold on. You want to remove a permanent roadway installation. <laughs> so we had to go do our homework to figure out how we were going to do that and get the right product that would last as well as be able to be removed. Because that's not typical. People just Absolutely. want it there forever. I mean, they don't want anything removed. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I figured you were going to say you convinced them to just keep it there. No, we got it done. We got it removed. Yeah. Yeah. I love the part of your, your website that uh, says we put the hue in Houston. That's yep. a good one. Let's talk about meetings for a second, Mike. Um, and I love to hear about one-on-one meetings with direct reports, how you structure the meeting, any meeting. So where do you want to start with um, as far as meetings go? Um, it's always, a, it's always a, a little bit of a challenge for us because meetings are essentially the most important thing an executive can do or a team lead can do. But if it's not structured, you're not getting anything out of the meeting and it ends up going left field and everybody's spending an hour when it could have been 15 minutes. And, and, and to be entirely honest, we're, we're guilty of that at, at times too. And it takes some time to check yourself and put yourself back in line. Um, you know, that being said, the most important thing that I do every week is my one-on-one meetings with my direct reports. So I schedule that I, I call them my 15 minute one-on-ones I time block 30 minutes because I've actually never had one go 15 minutes. It's, it's normally 20, 25 minutes. Um, every week, I schedule them one right after another and then go through them with my direct reports. Uh, so frequency-wise, um, it's a once-a-week 15 to 20-minute meeting. And then are there other larger meetings that you have with the direct reports? No, well, we have our – well, what we do – Mondays are our primary start of the week there. Everything gets kicked off and moving. So Monday mornings, first thing, Craig, Craig Bundard, the owner of the company, and myself, we have our executive meeting and go over highs, lows, what's working, what's not, do some strategy. Monday afternoon, we end up in our job meeting where we bring in our project team and estimating team and we go over all the jobs that are pending out there and you know that we're working on and they deal with any issues. Uh, Tuesday mornings, we have our executive team meeting. So that brings in our controller, our chief estimator, our senior project manager, Craig and myself. And uh, that has morphed into more of an accountability meeting for our executive team so that they can bounce stuff off of each other and they can hold each other accountable. And the biggest thing we're working on this year is to turn that meeting away from briefing Craig and myself and turn it more into them certifying. So the data is available ahead of time for Mondays for us to review so that they can come in, certify, we can ask whatever questions we want. And then there's an accountability structure for the entire executive team all at once. 
This is really helpful, by the way, Mike. I love how you're breaking down via day for the Tuesday meeting. So how long is that kind of accountability meeting? One hour. One hour. Okay. What else on any other meetings on Tuesdays? No. What about Wednesdays? No, sir. Then what does Wednesdays look like? Wednesdays are our work days. (laughs) Okay. So no meetings Wednesdays. No meetings for me on Wednesday, unless they're outside or if they're something special, you know, the client base or, or we have an issue come up. Um, Thursdays are my one-on-one meetings in the afternoons. Okay. And so do you typically, I'm I'm wondering, do you book them back to back or do you kind of try and space them out? The one-on-ones? Yes. I book them back to back. So I'll book, uh, you know, I started, uh, Two o'clock, one two to two thirty, two thirty to three, three to three thirty, and three thirty to four, um, and get them all done right there. That and, and, and it, it's a nice flow into each other. I want to talk about the structure of those, but what do you do to um, document? Or are they supposed to take notes? Are you supposed to take notes? Do you use any software? I've heard people use various things when coming to the meeting. So we have an agenda. Every every meeting has an agenda. Um, the primary thing that everybody has, we have our scorecards. So everybody's got a scorecard. Um, I'm in process of implementing them into Microsoft Planner because we utilize the uh, 365 environment. So they're getting in there. We've, we've done a run through with that. It works very well. Um, I take notes extensively because um, I've, I've given up on pad and paper because it's too there's too much to try to organize and restructure and file and put it in the right place. So I've switched over to OneNote and I handwrite one in, in, in notebooks with each of them so that there's the, and you can set your calendar reminders, email directly out of it. Um, so we go over, uh, there's a process to the 15 minute update. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So um, I, I asked them to come prepared for the one-on-one direct meeting um, with the agenda. Uh, we first thing we do is a red light, yellow light, and green light conversation. So red lights, things we need to stop doing. Uh, yellow light is the things we need to think about, but things that may develop in the future and, and something that we can compound on. And then green light, you're kicking it, and let's keep doing that or expand on that, right? Um, we go. That's fifteen. That, that's that's five minutes. It's a back and forth. It's 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 a everything in these meetings needs to be back and forth. Like they need to be able to. T- to say, hey, this I don't like what is going on here. And that's affecting me being able to do this. So this meeting is more about them and what they need and what they do versus a team structure or anything else. Um, and then we go over the scorecard. And then I work on the four Ps, um, the performance, priorities, people, and problems. That's where I want to hear their thoughts, suggestions, concerns about their team's performance, priorities, people, and problems. Um, the very bottom of the agenda has a note from me that says this weekly meeting is your opportunity to voice your issues and celebrate your successes. I'm here to make sure that you have every opportunity to succeed. And it is my priority that I remove as many obstacles as possible to help you achieve your professional and personal goals. So my view on this is we can, as an, as an executive team, we can steer. You have Craig with a vision. You have me trying to translate and implement that vision and then we have an executive team that's trying to stay on that vision and move from point A to point B. This is the time when they get to tell me what's working, what's not, and what they need. And it's really about them. Because in an, in an exec team meeting, when you're accountable to the group and everything's going on, you don't get a chance to break it down and say, I'm really having a problem with this, or this is really affecting me. That's a behind closed door thing that, that, that is exceptionally important. 
in us being able to run an effective business. Yeah. So let me just reiterate. So you, you come into the call, there's the agenda is the same for each one. I mean, maybe different topics, but you talk about, you know, red, yellow, green, you mm-hmm. talk about the scorecard, you talk about the four P's, and then you talk about voicing any issues or, or celebrating any successes. Yes. Um, when you come to that meeting, can you give me an example of what would be like a red, yellow, green uh, scenario? Okay. And then, uh, so it says like five minutes on that. It's almost like maybe five minutes per, per section almost. Yep. I, about. I five. And then what I do is I carry I, on the, the, the tail line of my agenda says five to 15 for, for the four piece, because that's where it always runs over the, the 15 minutes and into, into, we'll call it uncharted territory. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to share names or anything like that, but what would be an example of like a red, yellow, green? So a red light is something that we need to stop doing, Right. So are we not processing, I don't know, we'll, we'll take an AP process, for example. Are we not getting all of our Amex in on time, right? And that's causing another issue. Well, if you do the root cause analysis, why that Amex isn't being turned in in time? Well, is it because our field guys aren't turning in their receipts on time, right? So we need to stop missing the cutoff date from Amex because our field guys can't get their receipts labeled in time to code, right? So that would be an example. Of a, of yeah. a, so you backtrack to where's the source of the issue there. So I come prepared in these meetings already weekly with items that have popped up over the week or, or trailing items on from notes that were taken. So we can follow up and we can verify the stuff. Um, you know, yellow light stuff that we need to think about doing. So, you know, implementing a new software. Uh, hey, I've got a great idea to implement uh, a new app or a new piece of software, and it's going to integrate here. Okay, before we pull the trigger, let's think about this. Let's run some pros and cons. Let's see what it's going to, you know, not only cost, but what's the impact to the organization? Is it going to save time? Is it going to cost time? What's the training lag time? What's the onboarding time? So there's a lot of little pieces to it. That's that's your yellow light conversation. Uh, green light, you know, financials were in on time. We stomped this project. Uh, you know, we've got all these change orders. Keep doing that, right? You, you're doing a fantastic job. Um, that's where it, everything in that section is about straight up business conversation. If there, yeah. there's, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of uh, personal attributes to yeah. those sections. It's so kind of just an ob- like here's what's going on, here's what could be going on, and you go over any issues and possible things that you want to implement and then other things that are going really well to make sure they just continue to go well. Yes. Okay. And it goes both ways. You know, if if there's something that, you know, if my controller or my chief estimator or my senior project manager want us to stop doing because it's directly affecting them, that's when they tell me that we've got to stop doing this because it's causing a problem here. Yeah. So I want to go to, so that's the, uh, red, yellow, green. I'll go. I want to go to the scorecard next. But before we do, do you have a recommendation, Mike, on the good amount of direct reports that someone should have? Because I imagine if you had twenty, your day on Thursday would be insane. What is there a a good number that you recommend for people? So I think that this this is my thing. I I currently have a controller, a chief estimator, a senior project manager, and my HR director. Right. So I've got four of them lined up and ready to go. And for our size business, that's great. 
I think if you get over seven or nine direct reports, things start getting a little bit crazy because you've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of data to manage and a lot of issues that, you know, to sort into. So uh, I'm always a fan of a smaller, smaller subsection of direct reports. Yeah. And do each of these people also have run the same type of meeting for their direct reports? Yes, they all run. They, they've, my, I, we give them all the leeway that they, they need to be, to be successful. Um, you know, they, they, they're running with this agenda or a modified version of this agenda. Um, the departments that we have VAs working for us, there's a coordination for a VA meeting as well. So, but yes, every department head is running, running meetings with their one-on-ones. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's really helpful. So you show up red, yellow, green, then next is a scorecard. What do you do with the score? Give me some examples of how that works. So our scorecards, this latest revision, I really like this latest revision we just did for 2021. Um, we got out of a checkbox uh, method and we got into more of a narrative method in our scorecard. So it makes it more approachable. I like it. It makes it, it's easy to understand and it's easier to interface with, but it also says, here's your 30, 60 and 90 day objectives. And then I'm looking ahead another quarter. So as the 30 day objectives are falling off, you're already looking and getting them queued up for the next 30 days in the scorecard. So it's a, every 30 days we're, we're looking ahead and moving the progress. And, and the trick is with all the scorecards to make all the scorecards work in the same, well, I call it the highway. The, all, the, all, the, all the scorecards need to be on the same highway. Because if you're not on the same highway going in the same direction, you're, you're, going, in, you're going everywhere else. So give me an example. Of, so the old way was checkboxes. What did checkboxes look like? And then what'd you migrate to? So the checkboxes were hard because you had to try to figure out if something was, you know, bad, not bad, okay, needs improve, mm-hmm. you know, it's so if you go, you go from a, a, a scale and it becomes very subjective because mm-hmm. the more, the more opportunity you give for, for leeway to move in one direction or another. Got it. So if it's not very clear and it's not concise, you, you can't, how do you hold, how do you hold somebody accountable for achieving something if they don't understand what you're trying to accomplish? Right. So if I say, um, you know, bid everything on time. Well, that's a very subjective thing because there's a lot of different opportunities. If I say we expect our sales bids to go out within the date promised in the CRM, well, then it now becomes the estimator's responsibility to look at the CRM and say, okay, I've got five days to have that bid out. There's no question about that. So removing the subjectivity with a narrative scorecard and then setting your goals or your rocks out for 30, 60, and 90 days gives you a clear path. Uh, Keith Cunningham calls it the yellow brick road. So you're building that yellow brick road for all of your employees to follow. For the scorecard, Mike, are there, is everyone answering the same questions? Like what would be an example of, uh, I guess, one item that is on the scorecard that someone would have to answer? Um, It's not so much as answering, it's, it's, it's production and it's accomplishment, right? So uh, we want to move our finances from the 10th day of the month to be turned in and completed for executive review to the fifth business day of the month, right? So on that scorecard, the quarter change, now it's due the fifth business day of the month. Well, there's, there's, no, there's no gray area to that. Scorecard says it's financial to be turned in by the fifth business day of the month. Um, in the same sense, process documentation, like uh, uh, talking with Owen, you know, you've got 
processes that you're trying to document in every department. So as we're creating process videos and documents and storing them within our SharePoint drives, um, you know, you have a target and say, hey, I, I need these eight processes documented. And then give me a list of the next four or five that you need to do. So having those items very clearly laid on, on the scorecard helps you align your team members. So let me understand when someone, when you have a direct report, is there, um, get granular with me for the scorecard, because you mentioned 30, 60, 90 days. Is it something that they're coming to you with, here's my 30-day, 60-day, 90-day, or do you have already a preset kind of framework for them? So what happens is, as in any, as in any other business, the owner of the business, Craig, he's, he's on a trajectory, right? And he's got a vision, he's got goals, he's trying to hit it. So my job is to interpret them and then execute and deliver those goals, right? There's a lot of stuff that gets out there that you may not be able to handle right now, right? Because there's just too much workload. There's a lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. Um, one of the ways we've addressed that is we've created our parking lot in Microsoft Teams. So the exec- executive, Craig and myself, we have a parking lot where we store ideas so we don't lose them. And we can come back at them and revisit them or, or it, you know, there's always that 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 list going so that, we listen, there's a lot of great ideas that come out in conversations that may not be good now, but in six months may be exactly what we need to do. And the framework and the idea is already sitting there. Expanding that to my executive team, having a parking lot on our team, team's channel for the executive team as well, so that they can, because you don't hire people just to do what you to do, what you say, you hire people to do their job, to bring value to the organization. So they have ideas as well. And the same thing, you can't, you can't lose those ideas. You need to catalog those ideas so you can act on them when the time is right. Um, so the scorecards, we are setting more of a trajectory and a plan. The executive team kind of, I want to say, finesses it a little bit. And then it is my job to interpret how we're going to engage that between the departments. So then we create the scorecards. Get the get the plan and the benchmarks okayed and agreed to by Craig, and then we roll out the scorecards. And then the individual who has a scorecard comments back on that scorecard, saying, "Hey, this is great. I can do this. I can't do this. I can You know." And and then you you start that back and forth engagement. Okay, you can't do this. Why? Well, can we do it a different way, or is there a better way of doing it? You know, how do we get to the objective? Um, it there's always that balance of uh, you don't want to tell people how to do everything. You want them to do it for themselves, figure out for themselves and learn and grow. So asking the right questions, getting around, having them work out problems for themselves and getting them into that scorecard. And then now you have accountability for your ideas and theirs. And that essentially is buy-in. So you're at that point, you've got everybody working on the same page. Let me see, Mike, if I understand this correctly. So Let's say the executive team kind of brain dumps a bunch of things that need to get done. Some of them maybe now, some maybe in six months, maybe in three years. And you may go, listen, this task, do you say, listen, this task would be great for the HR manager to take on or the HR manager would say, great, that's something that I could definitely handle. And so that you would then take that and that would be a 30, 60, 90 day. Um, They would kind of break it up. Here's what I need in 30, 60, 90. So you'll take one of those big tasks or they will, and then you will then report back on the on the trajectory of that particular task. Is that, am I understanding it correctly? Yes. Okay, cool. 
So the executive team kind of sets like the sort of the vision and all the things that need to get done. And the team members, is it, is it kind of a combination of you saying, hey, you'd be really good for this or them saying, hey, I think I could really take this on. Is it, does it come from one angle or another? Or how does it usually happen? It comes from both. It oh. comes from both. Because quite, quite honestly, we, we, have, we have put together one heck of an executive team. Um, they're go-getters, they're grabbers. I, I, don't, I don't see them say, no, that's impossible. They're, they're, okay, we'll figure out how to do it. Or I don't like it like that, but I think I can make it work this way. So uh, our executive team has risen to the occasion not more, more than one time. Um, they, they, we, yes, there is direction from me. Yes, there is direction from Craig. Um, however, I think a lot of that gets fogged out and, and, and brought up in the executive team meetings as, as non-personal. And then when it gets down to that granular level of personal accountability and responsibility, that's where it's a one-on-one with the team members and the scorecards. That makes sense. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. So it goes from red, yellow, green, the scorecards, which basically are taking the the company's vision in, in smaller chunks and breaking that into 30, 60, 90 day goals, and then reporting back on those every week on the progress. Is that right? Oh, cool. And then for the four P's, you said this is a little nuanced. How does the four P's work? Performance priorities, people, and problems. So those four P's, I, I want to hear what their issues are in relation to their performance, their team's performance, their priorities, department priorities, their people, and their problems. Obviously, it's easy to get locked into problems if you have that mindset. But if you're talking about performance priorities and people up front, the problems are on the tail end. You're already working through. Uh, our, our One of the big things that we work on with our executive team and with all of our employees is it's perfectly normal and okay to have a problem, but don't come and dump your problem on my desk. Come to me and tell me what your problem is and then bring me two or three possible solutions and let's talk about them, right? Um, I'm not in your shoes. I'm not sitting in, in, in your desk dealing with what's coming across your desk in, in, in your, your department. I'm going to have a perspective on it that's not the same as yours because I'm not in the middle of it. But if you come with a couple solutions, well, then that makes the conversation really easy. Management-wise, it allows us to guardrail as well. It allows us to make sure we're still on that highway. You know, you're not taking an early exit over here to go chase something. And, you know, you can, you can kind of steer, steer it with that. Yeah. So can you give me an example of each of them? What, what has someone brought up in the past or what would be an example of something with performance, uh, just so I get a sense of how the meetings run, they'll go, oh, performance is this, people is this, you know, priorities is this, problem is this. What are, what's something they would say for each of those? So let's just, let's, we'll, we'll take a general, and, and this is just a summary. I'm, I'm utilizing a, a situation to, as an example here. Let's say our sales guy, right, has an issue with setting calls or, or landing, landing walks and, and turning that into presentations. Well, that's a performance issue, right? So, hey, I'm having an issue with getting enough uh, uh, opportunities to go see companies, go, go see buildings, go, go create an opportunity or lead. And, you know, what the, my priorities on this are, I'm going to make 15% more calls. I'm going to go do 10 more walks a week. I'm going to, you know, and then people-wise, these are the people I need to see. These are the people that I need help from. And then by the time you get to the problems, They've essentially already solved solved. it up front. 
Gotcha. Right? So and they're I, and laying were, out the solutions. They're laying out the solutions as this conversation unfolds. Absolutely. And, and, and for me, it's kind of more of a sit back, listen, and maybe ask a question to pull a little bit more detail out. Um, you know, and it happens. It, it doesn't matter what position we have. Every one of them falls into the same. The brilliance of all of this, score, this, this, my agenda is I didn't come up with any of it. <laughs> I literally didn't come up with any of it. Um, you know, Cameron, uh, Harold, he, he calls it R and D rip off and duplicate or duplicate. Right. Um, you know, red light, yellow light, green light came from a podcast member that he had on his, on his podcast. Um, the scorecard review is something that we deal with, you know, with, uh, uh Keith Cunningham and the, the four P's actually came from, uh, one of my friends that is also a member of COO Alliance that, uh, that, you know, that's what he did as part of his one-on-one meetings. So I've taken the pieces that work really good, I think, for us to drive and put it on a piece of paper. And I didn't have to develop any. So there's a lot of this out there that if you do enough reading or have enough contacts and you see enough of this, that you can find out what works you know, for you. So this works for us. It, it may not work for everybody, but it, it, it's... It's yeah, working. someone may take a piece of this and a piece of this may work for them, right? Yeah. Or, or some of it. But it sounds, I like how you run the four Ps because it sounds like people are reporting on their performance, which is whatever probably metric they're measuring. And then from there, it goes into how they're going to solve that and what they need to do differently in addition, right? right? I love it. So red, yellow, green, then the scorecard, then the four Ps. The last is the voice, the voice, the issue or celebration. Mm-hmm. What are some examples of, of the, how that goes? Uh, let's say so celebrating if there's, if you're not going to celebrate successes with your direct reports or your team members or anybody else in the company, you're, you're creating a big disservice to both yourself and, and the company you, you work for or own. Um, you have to celebrate successes and you, you also have to celebrate successes on multiple different levels, little wins, added up over time is big momentum, right? And if you ignore all these little wins that are happening, you, you're going to miss, you're going to miss it until you're, you know, it's glaringly obvious in your face. So I like to celebrate. It's simple stuff, simple. Hey, we, we did good this week. You know, we, we were able to convert this week pretty well. We were able to convert some outstanding tickets or, or time and material jobs into a billable, into a billable. That's fantastic. That's great. That helps cash flow. So celebrating those wins moves on and on. What I have found that the more you celebrate the little ones, like you can, I firmly believe that setting big goals, you know, out there and, and Craig, Craig and I call them moonshots. You, you, you set your moonshots out there and it, people are going to reach for them, but the little wins are what keep them motivated to get there. And if you never celebrate the little wins, they're going to give up on that, that, that moonshot out there. They're going to, you, know, you get discouraged, discouraged, not yeah. motivated. And you know, they don't, they don't want to work as hard. I, I can tell you that once we started making sure that we were talking about that every week, uh, we've had, you know, we've had some really good success. We've had team members, actually pass that down as well. Our, our project management team has passed that down into the field as well. Um, so we're, we're seeing some really good success with that. So that would be an example of a, a win or a celebration, a little win, you know, maybe the person reports on a performance, like I need to get whatever, 15, 20% more of these looks, but here's a look I did get this week that was amazing. And they may go into it. What would be an example of 
voicing an issue in this process? Oh, issues are, you know, it could be anything from I'm having a problem with my computer. You know, the computer's acting up and I really need I, I really need to get into the budget to get a new CPU. Right. And, and believe me, I, I deal with that all the time. Um, but the, the, it could be anything. What tends to come out in this is personal stuff. It mm-hmm. doesn't tend to come out to be the computer. It tends to come out that, listen, I'm feeling really tired or I'm really behind or I'm having mm-hmm. an issue getting this information out of this person. Like I'm homeschooling my five kids and I'm tired or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that well... <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think we have anybody with five kids okay. in, in the office team. But yeah, we're, we're yes. Hey, I'm 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 really I'm getting run down, or or I'm getting I'm getting stressed out about this. And, and really, when you get a relationship built with your team members and your and your your employees, um, some per, a lot of personal stuff comes out. And if you can't if you can't address that or make sure that that's on the table to have a discussion with that you can, you can be trusted to have that conversation with, then, you know, it's, it's also insight. It's insight into your employees and insight into their lives. And, yeah. and in the same sense, it, you need to be open and vulnerable enough yourself to have those kind of conversations. Yeah. Mike, this has been amazing. I love hearing this breakdown. Thank you for getting so granular with this. Cause I think this is going to be super valuable. I have one last question. Um, which are going to be addressing your favorite books. Cause I know you're a big reader. Um, before I ask it, I just want to point people towards checking out your website. Uh, it's bundren.com B U N D R E N.com. You could check out other episodes of the process breakdown podcast and check out sweet process. So I want to hear your books and I have a pitch for a, your next book or your company's next book. I wrote this title down. Okay. So you'll see if this is, this makes it onto the executive board, but I have little wins, your five-step process for setting up your team for success, okay? Nice. which is uh, your red, yellow, green light, your scorecard, your four Ps, voicing issues and voicing celebrations. That's, that's what I have written down. So there's your next Bundren book. Anyways, what are your favorite books that, that you like? And I know you mentioned Keith Cunningham, Cameron Harold. I love to hear some of your recommendations. So you can't, since we're talking about meetings and, and agendas, obviously you need to talk about meetings suck with Cameron Howell. Carol. Yeah. Great book. Great, great, great book. Uh, in fact, gave it to all of my uh, executive team members to uh, read as well. Um, the Great Game of Business, obviously, is a, is a classic in our industry. Um, who? Josh Smart, uh, The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. And the latest one I've read was uh, Giftology. But uh, I'm going to- John Rulon. Yeah. 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 I love John. Yes. I'll I'll, I'll let him know you said that. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Mike, thank you so much. Everyone check out more episodes. Check out the books he recommended. And thanks so much, Mike. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. That's my
Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day.